When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're you're tuned into It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati, the top podcast covering the defending AFC champion Cincinnati Bengals. Hosted by Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata at Odyssey Sports Podcast. We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. Lindsey Patterson, Mike Santagata. Mike, it feels like it's Almost the weekend. Uh, it is basically when this comes out, it'll be the Friday of the week. I know for Just most people. I apologize to anybody that has to work on Thanksgiving or Black Friday. One hundred percent. You guys are definitely troopers, but it has that holiday feel to it when you're starting the work week. The team is good. An exciting matchup coming up this weekend. We get Thursday football on Thanksgiving, like normal. It's nothing new, uh, but it's a triple header. And that's always fun. And I'm excited about that. We just have to get through like that one more work day of the week. We are recording this a little bit earlier in the week, but it'll be out later. Um, so I, I, I like this vibe. I like the holiday season work week vibe right now. Do you have a game you're most excited about out of the three? Lions bills. The only reason I say that and you're like, why, <laughs> why, why is that game? Two reasons. One, I don't know the other people who are playing. <laughs> <laughs> and two, okay, no, I think I think you covered why you think that's the best game of the week. <laughs> the only reason I know it's the Lions and the Bills playing that day is because obviously the Lions play every Thanksgiving, and um, I think it's just kind of it's strange because the Bills just played there, and we're like the home team. Yeah, a couple days later state. they're coming back, so. I don't know. Yeah, I and like I kind of like the, the Lions are kind of feisty. They're kind of oh, uh, I agree. Small, like, like not, <laughs> not, not to do a, a betting segment, but I saw Lions plus nine and a half on the short week at home. I was like, Whew, if these weren't the Lions, I'd really think about it because I feel like they're getting really disrespected by uh, Vegas. Uh, yeah, Patriots Vikings, easily best game on the week. Uh, well, look, I don't know about easily because Cowboys Giants are similar in record. I would not be surprised if the Cowboys stomped them just like they stomped the Vikings last week because, to me, the Cowboys are the, the better team. I mean, I think the Giants are feisty, but I think the Cowboys are really good. Yeah, the Giants are fraud, I think. Right. I'm not – who that was a tough word. Maybe we should take that back. <laughs> I, was, I will take that back. That was I, did, I did a playoff machine, just yeah. one. I'm not doing a bunch of those. They didn't make the playoffs for me when I was trying to predict every game. I was like, sorry. Honestly, I know they're, they're doing better than – I think they should, and I give them credit for that. I don't know if they finish with 10 wins. I don't think they do, honestly. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they were on the outside looking in. Um, but overall, just those matchups. Our our guy, Nick, he just said that the Lions have won three straight, so maybe that's what I'm feeling with them. They had a lot of games early on where they were putting up points and they just couldn't stop the other team. It was just absolutely wild. That may be the case on Thursday, too. Yeah. And, well, oh, yeah. <laughs> They're back. The Bills are back after their little dose of the Cleveland Browns this past week. Um, 
yeah, I, I honestly, I just hope for some good games. If you can just get maybe like one of the three. To I give- think these games are better than I remember in recent years, because maybe just because the Lions are better than they've been in the past couple of years. And I remember it might've been two years ago. It was two years ago. I believe it was, oh, I can't name the quarterback, but he was like the third string quarterback going against it. It was like, you knew the game was over before it started. It was, man, I'm going to look that up. You have to look it up. But yeah, I mean, it's, oh. David Blau. Yes, David Blau was starting. And I was like, I don't even know if I want to turn this game on. Like (laughs) this time I'm like, I want to turn the game on. I'm interested, but I don't know. If if you ask me, I think the Lions keep it within a touchdown, but I, I it's tough. It's just that Lions, like, and I mm-hmm. think some people used to do this about the Bengals, but it's like that Lions, you see Lions and you just think, no. That's an L. And especially the Bills right now. I, I do feel yeah. like they're they're bouncing back after losing two straight and then beating the Browns. They seem to be getting it going. So I think they're gonna do just fine. Uh, but do you remember that game? It was a couple years ago. I want to say that the Bengals played the Ravens. Did they play the Ravens on Thursday night football of Thanksgiving? I don't remember the Bengals ever playing on Thanksgiving. You never? I thought they played on primetime one time on Thursday night football for the Thanksgiving game. I don't remember. It was absolutely miserable. They obviously didn't look great. It was the Andy Dalton era. I I could be completely wrong, so I'm making you do the research for it, but I just feel like I remember that game being at night. And it was on the road and maybe it was in Baltimore. Maybe it was the New York Jets. I can't, it just, for some reason, I feel like they played a, a Thanksgiving Thursday night football game, but you know what? The Bengals we'll have on. played one game on Thanksgiving in their history and they are 0-1. I'm trying to figure out what that game was. Well, now I need to know. Cause then, cause I kind of feel like I'm making it up now. So 2010, I mean, it was 2010. So it was before. Oh, it was before Andy. Uh, yeah, let's see. A primetime game with a 10 to 7 halftime score dramatically shifting the third. Oh, goodness. This was uh, the. This is against the Mark Sanchez. Jets. It was the Jets. I said Baltimore first, but it was the Jets. Yeah, so it was the Jets. They lost 26 to 10. They were down 10, only 10 7 at halftime, but then, yeah, got. They didn't score, and the Jets went on to score 26. I just remember. My whole life, I just um, I just remember like random Bengals games, and that was one of them. And obviously, it didn't really go that great. So I forget the T.O. Joe show. The cereal too. Uh, that oh, was oh, that I was. Have a shirt. So I remember, I remember thinking, oh my goodness, this team is going to go all the way. It's huge. <laughs> no, me too. But I, I was fourteen. They had. Um, is that the year that they were on uh, Hard Knocks too? Maybe they weren't Ooh, on Hard Knocks. I don't think so. I think they were on Hard Knocks in 09. Okay, not not Hard Knocks, but I remember maybe all the TV cameras in Cincinnati. Yes, they had a ton of that. Going to Georgetown, because it was in Georgetown. That was where training camp was, and it was this huge deal that T.O. was coming to play with Chad. Oh, my goodness, I remember everything. That was that was a miserable year. And then after that, it was uh, pretty much peace out, Carson Palmer. Here comes peace Andy out, Palmer, Golden. peace out. Ocho, Owens retires. What a sad ending to a show. What a sad ending to an era that I think in 2005, people would probably compare to this one. And I'm like, okay, let's go better. Let's move on. Honestly, did not mean to get into Thanksgiving memories and some really depressing stuff from 2010. Look, this team is six and four right now. Let's talk about this past game. You rolled the tape. Let's go offense right now. 
quarterback Joe Burrow. PFF had him as the highest rated quarterback. Ooh. Huge. Through week I, 11. I think he was, oh, through week 11, not yeah. on week 11. Now I'm looking it up. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, I thought he, I thought he was incredible. Like I, I, nothing he did was really, the only thing that I think needed work was his chemistry, mind meld on those back shoulder fades. Plenty of those, I think three or four of those that he just met. And it looks bad if you don't know what's happening because the ball just ends up like 10 feet from the receiver. But a few of those didn't go the right way. Other than that, I thought he was really good. He had four tip passes, and I, I don't think that's really him as much as it is. I don't think it's the offensive line anymore. I used to say they need to get their hands on him, but they, when TJ Watt made that interception, Lyle Collins was committing pass interference to throw him to the ground in the middle of that. It was just insane, but whatever. We, we'll skip past that. It, you know, flu crazy play that just tip your hat, move on. Um, I think the Steelers, the Browns, the Ravens, these teams, they know what the Bengals want to do. And that's why they get so many tip passes because the Bengals like quick game. They like to protect their offensive line with quick game. They don't have the running game and the boot game and this all this moving pocket stuff to give their offensive linemen breaks. They, they've got the quick game stuff. And that's just quick out. And these teams know quick game. We're not rushing the passer. We're getting our hands up. So then they stop kind of using that quick game and they get to, uh, they get to some downfield stuff after the interception, especially, I think they were still trying it after a couple of bad passes. Just don't think about it. Move on the interception. They're like, all right, we're done giving them a shot to do this. They start going downfield and Higgins starts eating and Trent Irwin makes some nice catches and all these things happen. And now it's, yeah, this is going great. But I, I think, against at least these division opponents. And if any opponent is going to not rush and get their hands up, it's almost like maybe you stop the quick game, at least for a little bit. You could run the ball. You can drop back and run deep plays. You could run play action. I don't know if I put quick game in there. Maybe RPOs even just have the screen on the outside that you can throw if you need, if they're going to sell out to stop the run and I'll slow the pass rush down as well. But and the screen game is good now. I don't know where that came from, but it is good now. It, it was bad for a long time, but now it's good. And hopefully it continues this week against the, the Titans. But all this to say, I don't think it's a burrow thing. All these passes getting tipped. Number two guy in the league, I believe, is Justin Herbert, and they run a ton of quick game as well. It's these quarterbacks when they're they these teams know their offensive lines can't protect for a long time. They want to get some quick game in there, give them some breaks. Defenses know what to do and they get their hands up and batting passes is how they're going to defend that. And it was week 11's highest graded quarterback. I, I just want to go back and backtrack that a bit. He had the highest grade 90.8 on PFF, which Deserved. is huge. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I think the offensive line, I thought the offensive line played well when I just watched it live, I turned the tape on and I went, Oh, they, they didn't really. It was, it was Joe Burrow making them look good. In my opinion, uh, I think Jonah Williams played well, and mm -hmm. I don't know if we gave him enough credit on the postgame pod, just so much to go over. Okay. Um, I thought he played well. He did a good job shutting down Alex Highsmith. I thought Volson struggled against Cam Hayward. I thought Larry Ogunjobi had a few plays. I thought TJ Watt got a couple plays against Collins, although Collins played much better than he did week one because week one he was giving it up <laughs> a lot more. Um, so I think the offensive line played – Poorly. I, I don't even know if I'd say maybe below average, but it was enough. He Burrow made them look as if it was a good performance. He had some pockets. Let's not say like this is just an abysmal performance. I didn't say that, but 
a lot of times there'd be pressure and he just takes a slight step and throws it right on time. He wasn't sped up. He wasn't too slow. He was perfectly on time this week. And that's something he's going to need to be again this coming week against the Titans. So he was perfectly on time against the Steelers. Let's keep that going against the Titans. He's not going to take nine sacks if he's perfectly on time. If he's going to try to play hero ball and he's going to hold the ball a little extra, then he's got to take these sacks. But he's not taking sacks despite the offensive line playing poorly because he's perfectly on time. He's making perfect little micro movements in the pocket. He even had a few plays he extended. He extended smartly. Like uh, if he knew he could get the corner, he would take it. And I know he just threw the ball away on one, but I do think of the one where he rolls out, Watt ends up running after him and he just throws the ball away. There's another one. He kind of steps up, looks to run and sees, Oh, I got a guy. And he quickly fires it and takes a hit. There's it's there. He can still do this extending the play type stuff that he's awesome at, but for the most part, He's going to, he was perfectly on time. And I think that is such a key to why the Bengals offense looked as good as it did. Yeah. Kind of just going back to that a little bit, you mentioned Jonah Williams and he's been criticized. We've criticized him before. Um, obviously everybody remembers him coming back in the Baltimore Ravens game. I feel like he's extremely tough for that. He's probably playing through injury. Like a lot of guys are, nobody's hundred percent right now through the season after 11 weeks of football. Uh, but but him specifically, can you just talk about when you went back to watch watch the tape? I know you just talked about the offensive line. You don't really feel like it was that great in your opinion. Uh, but what about Jonah? Was this his best game of the season? No, I still think Baltimore is his best game of the season. And maybe that's some of me just adding on the narrative of he dislocated his kneecap, came back and still played at a very high level. It was one of his best games. I just I don't think I can make the statement it was his best game because I think against Baltimore, he was a little bit better probably against slightly worse competition Alex Highsmith is a really good player mm-hmm. so shutting down Highsmith is a little bit more impressive than shutting down the Baltimore guys but it's it was up there it's one of his best games on the season I thought he was good against the Falcons but they don't really got a guy over there I thought he was good in a, a couple other games but this was this was a game that you kind of circled because week one he had one of his worst games of his career against Alex Highsmith so you kind of circle this as he bounced back and he bounced back really well. I thought he did a really good job against the spin move Highsmith loves to use. I thought he did a good job against Highsmith cross chop. He even anchored in. He just everything Highsmith wanted to do, he had an answer for. He was patient. He was strong. He played quick. It was just perfect. I really like Jonah Williams' game. I think there's a couple plays you could point to as he wasn't perfect here and Burrow helped him. But for the most part, he was one of the guys I would look at and say outside of Burrow, I think he played really well. Yeah, and I think the biggest thing is you bring up Baltimore, you bring up the Steelers game and and kind of his bounce back game. It's extremely important to think about because of the fifth year option with Jonah Williams and seeing these division opponents, you need to see that out of him. I don't know what the future future holds for Jonah Williams at left tackle with the Cincinnati Bengals, but obviously a lot of eyes are on it right now because this offensive line is better than last year. It's not perfect. It's hard to have a perfect offensive line in the NFL. There's a lot of teams who are having problems with it. There is a microscope in Cincinnati, as it should be, with the amount of hits that Joe Burrow has taken in his career. And obviously, everybody remembers his rookie year injuries. But I got a little criticism for this when I said, I felt like the Steelers have a really good defense. And I was impressed with Joe Burrow's performance. Giving credit to who they were facing, it wasn't going to be easy. We knew that. And Joe had himself a night. So I feel like both things can be true. This is a good defense. Joe Burrow had a great game. Agree. And a big part of that, 
T. Higgins had a heck of a game. 100%. We are going to get to T. Higgins next on our segment. That was just such a great tease and right on time because we are already over, or I would extend it to T. Higgins. We'll get that, to that next on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. This is It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati with Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata. We are back on. It's always game day in Cincinnati. Let's hit on a little wide receivers, and then we'll get to this uh, MVP talk that is taking over NFL social media when the season is still far from over. T. Higgins, it's so wild because we talked about it on the podcast Sunday. It just felt like he should have had a touchdown because he had himself a night. It was great. I thought he was going to hit 200 the way T. Higgins was going. The connection was there. One of the things we talked about, or just overall – I think it was in the minds of a lot of Bengals fans when Jamar Chase went down and he was going to be out for three to four to six. Nobody knew when Jamar Chase was going to return. And we still don't technically know, but we'll get to more of that from optimistic news from Zach Taylor on Monday. T Higgins was going to be that guy. There were a lot of teams in the NFL who would love to have T Higgins as their number one receiver. And he would be their number one receiver on their team. I think I thank God every day that the Packers passed on him and he came right to Cincinnati with that first pick in the second round. Great job by the front office. And I'm sure they were smiling really big when he was available in the early second round. Let's talk to Higgins night. We saw him, him have a day. We saw a lot of people have a day when it comes to this offense, uh, Samaj P Ryan, Trent Irwin, but, uh, but T. T was awesome. Um, he won in every way possible as a wide receiver. He won short underneath. He ran curls, hitches, things that came back to the quarterback. He ran slants. He ran short inbreakers, caught those. He did a little bit of yak stuff. You catch the ball and run after the catch. He's he's faster than you think. I think when you watch him, he looks a little slower than he actually is. And then work down the field. And this is something I wanted them to do since that Browns game. I know he caught that big dunk in the Browns game to you know catch a touchdown but he had two plays in that Browns game he should have caught another touchdown he smokes the corner and they just grab on and one of it's one of them gets called one of them doesn't um is what it is but this game he smokes I believe it's Levi Wallace and I'm sorry if I have uh slandered him without with it if it wasn't him but I believe it was Levi Wallace T is on the outside and he's not jamming him T goes up, takes four steps to the outside. So he's really trying to press into the outside and Levi Wallace kind of turns with him. And then he swims over the top to get back inside and starts sprinting up field on an inside release go. And Levi actually turns and he tries to grab because he's like, he's, he's in the Oh crap territory of I'm getting smoked here. So he tries to grab misses. And then T is just running wide open down the field on this go route. And this was actually one of Burrow's only slight misses. Um, there's, you know, there's misses where you throw an uncatchable ball. This was a miss where he turned it from what could have been a touchdown into just to the like two yard line, because if he kept that ball slightly more inside T scores, in my opinion, I think it was the right length on the throw. I think it was just a tiny bit too outside because it led him out of bounds. But that's a touchdown if if he keeps it in back if he keeps it straight down the line and uh, throws it so that he can keep running straight. Awesome game, just just an awesome game. He won in every way. And I, there's so many guys out there that still just use their bogus draft report on T Higgins of well, he's a jump ball guy. He's a, he's a guy you he won't get separation, but you can just throw the ball up and you'll catch it. Yeah, he can do that. 
he's really awesome at getting separation. He's really smart. He's really, he's really quick for his size. He shouldn't be able to sink and move like that, but he does. These weren't a ton of contested catches. He's smoking these corners and he doesn't get the respect he deserves. They didn't even have him on his best route and he goes for 148 yards. He didn't run a single dig route that I remember. They used Joe Mixon on that, but they didn't use T and that's his best route. Like if he ran that and caught it, yeah, sure. Oh, he runs that one route really, really well. But you know, other than that, he's a jump ball guy. He's not, he's not a jump ball guy. I'm tired of this disrespect that he gets uh, mostly on the internet, but podcasts everywhere. It's just, it's wrong. <laughs> It's like, could you go on a podcast and say Jamar Chase is still just a jump ball guy or he, he doesn't, you know, he's not that fast or something like that that they're able to say in pre-draft? No, you can't say that. But because T is a guy that they don't watch, they don't watch as much, they get away with saying this stuff. And I think it's wrong. He's really good at everything when it comes to being a wide receiver. Yeah. And um, I think one of the things, if you could even go back to the AFC championship game late, late in the second half, and even just in the overtime, just, just, just in general, some of the catches that he had against the Kansas city chiefs, I'm like, okay, there's C Higgins um, just to kind of help them get in scoring range and really just kind of felt that with T Higgins, because obviously the Kansas city chiefs, they weren't going to let Jamar chase eat in that game and and you have your other receiver when you have uh, T Higgins healthy and nobody will ever take away the Super Bowl touchdown for me. I don't care if uh, some people out there will say it should have been a flag. I don't care. Only that, if it's thrown. Yeah. It, it, no, I, never mind. I'm not going My there. common saying with this offensive pass interference stuff is only offensive pass interference if that official doesn't like you. They do not call offensive pass interference in the NFL and you see it every week. Mm-hmm. 100%. And oh, 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 we're not getting into the officials because I can't stand them. They're absolutely. Defensive pass interference. You can breathe on a guy and get that. Mike Hilton happened to. But offensive pass interference, use it. It's a weapon. <laughs> like, 100%. If I'm a quarterback, I'm throwing the ball down the field half the time, and I'm like, it's going to be a flag. It's going to be a flag. I'm going to tell my receiver, just get close enough. Just oh, get Joe close Flacco enough. and Torrey Smith used to be the king of the underthrow, jump into that corner, get the big play. Look, the whole stuff is absolutely wild. They get do the taunting. I, I want to say it happened last night in the Monday night football game where uh, one of the Arizona players pointed his finger. DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah. Uh, he caught a ball and then he pointed at the two guys that were covering him. You love how I didn't even know the player. DeAndre Hopkins. I'm like, oh, it's one of the Arizona players. Some small Arizona receiver. Okay. It's probably Greg Dortch. He's, you know? <laughs> He's good. He's good. He's really good. I just, I'm not really, Arizona's so boring that I'm just kind of like, I phased them out. I'm actually all in on the 49ers. Not all in because I know how Bengals fans feel about them. Sorry, those Super Bowls were before my time. Round three. How many times can they beat them in the Super Bowl row? In my opinion, two. Let's go Bengals. Dude, it's writings on the wall. And, and I know, I know, believe us, we know it's hard to get back 100%. It's hard to get to the playoffs, and that is not guaranteed right now. But both of those teams, six and four right now, getting hot at the right time. That offense looks like a lot of fun with Christian McCaffrey. I like their tight end. You look at this offense, if Jamar Chase is getting healthy and coming back, it just feels like, wow, these two teams right now are just set. For, for this long run in the back half of the, the season. So I don't know. Maybe it's both, wishful thinking. Both competing with bird teams for their division. Ooh, yeah, I like that. But it's kind of it kind of just gets you right in the heart. Be there's two reasons why I think about the 49ers, and I'm not trying to make this a Super Bowl podcast, but we're going to bring it up. One of my favorite Joe Burrow games 
was Joe Burrow in the fourth 49ers. quarter versus the 49ers. He was unbelievable. And I'm still – no offense to Zach because I, I don't like to hammer Zach or get on Zach. You made the wrong Joe, call. When right. Joe Burrow is cooking in the fourth quarter, you're not going to let him cook in overtime. Like, I just – it's okay. It's okay. That it happened. was not the only time that year he played for the field goal. I think he learned from his uh, mistakes a little bit. And he did, he's a little bit more aggressive about that now, letting Joe do his thing. But yeah, there that was that was a game you were right to criticize. Anybody would be right to criticize Zach Taylor in that moment because how do you not give Burrow the shot to win that game? But whatever, we're past. I'm not gonna get mad about that game. That no. was an amazing half of football from Joe Burrow. I wish they let him play more in overtime. If you ever just need a little Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase highlights because you don't see enough, go back and watch that game. I mean, the touchdowns, they, they were so in sync. The sluggo he throws to Jamar Chase on the right sideline for the touchdown is an amazing throw. It's one of the best throws and catches of Joe Burrow to Jamar Chase in their entire career. It's not even the best one they made in that game. No, but the connection. Like, if you watch it early on and how he knows Jamar's going to be there and Jamar knows Joe's going to – it's absolutely insane. And I, and even though that game was, like, really hard, it was like, man, they should have won that game. Not really because the beginning of the game was special teams errors and they were really giving the 49ers great field position. Um, I want to say they they lost two of the balls. They, lost, um, they muffed two punts. That was the, yeah. the week Darius Phillips went on IR. And never came back. Yeah. Um, Sorry. That was a way to cut him. <laughs> that was it. We knew he wasn't coming back after that. But, yeah, so the, the, it was that game. And then the 49ers were dropped in or were they dropped interception away in the NFC Championship game from beating the Rams? Um, yes, Jaquiski Tart dropped a Jimmy Garoppolo interception. I mean – I, I mean, I know the LA being home playing in the Super Bowl stuff was was what they wanted. It was perfect for them. They got their Hollywood ending. But the Niners and Bengals round three would have been absolutely amazing to watch. And I take Cincinnati by two scores in that game. Not this year because it's a two. I just feel like they're. I, I I really I think the Niners are one of the best teams in the NFC right now. I don't think that's a hot take. Uh, uh, I look ride or die. I'm still with my Eagles. You can. That's fine. Let's talk MVP. Speaking of the Eagles, because there are people. Not Jalen like, Hurts after that game, sadly. No, 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 no. But there are people that are still in the Jalen Hurts bandwagon. Patrick Mahomes leading. By the far the favorite. Man, nobody. But you know what? People are leaving out. I don't, I don't think he's set to win. I, I think I would pick him to win. But I don't think he's like write it in. But mm-hmm. by far the Vegas favorite. One to two odds. These are terrible odds. Guys, this is this is a, a football game odds to vote for MVP. This is like trying to bet on, uh, you know, Bengals Titans. You probably get the same odds. You didn't even let me tell my joke. I was gonna sorry. Add, oh, I'm so gonna sorry. add Zach Wilson in there. Come on. Uh, that's better. We leave him out of this. But, no, but that's obviously not a good joke. He's a. <laughs> he's not a. <laughs> I don't know what he is. Honestly, if they just had a capable um, quarterback, they would be in the. They would be. Probably leading their division, um, but at the moment they don't. And um, the Bengals played the Jets at their best. That's all we can say. When Joe Flacco was in school, <laughs> I mean, honestly. Uh, but let's let's go back to that conversation. On it, it feels like it's going to be really hard for Patrick Mahomes to lose the MVP race. Personally, there's bigger fish to fry. I don't care. I'd rather let's talk playoffs. Let's talk playoff wins. Let's get there. Maybe division title, Super Bowl. MVP is exciting and fun to be in that conversation. 
are you a little surprised Joe Burrow is so low? Like he he there's some people, even Peter King, who I really respect his opinion, had him at 10. Ooh, 10. Uh, yeah. I think in Vegas odds he's like five, four or five. So that's that that feels right. Peter King, Ted doesn't feel right. Um, I think he should be around top five right now. The thing is, there MVP voters don't watch every game. I'm sorry to MVP voters when I say this. It's just a lot of football to watch. And they're not, you know, that if they are gonna watch every game, they're probably not dissecting it uh very intensely. So what they're gonna look at, they're gonna look at primetime games. Those are huge. And what happened in the primetime games for the two guys we've talked about? Joe Burrow, not really his fault. He didn't play poorly, but he was sped up and he didn't have a great game. Patrick Mahomes, when he's been in primetime, played well. Just let another comeback for fourth quarter comeback with a minute left in the game. So that's what they're going to look at. They're going to see Patrick Mahomes do that. They're going to see him do it without Tyreek Hill, who is doing awesome stuff with the Dolphins. And the Chiefs offense rolls on. They won't give Andy Reid looks at coach of the year because they're tired of a one-time coach of the year getting that award, but you're going to look at Patrick Mahomes as MVP, and rightfully so. I don't mean to discredit him at all. I think I would vote for him as MVP right now if he gave me a ballot, but they look at those primetime games. They look at your record. They look at box score stats. These are the, probably the most important things that when it comes to these MVP votes, so they st- Bengals still have primetime games to come. I would not be surprised if one of their games gets flexed into primetime from where it is right now, but also, that because they have one flexed out, you could do that. You're so right. They, they might flex one in. And if he plays well in that game, that's a boost. If he plays well enough, he beats the Chiefs, he beats the Bills. Some guys look at that head-to-head stuff. I think it's a little bit of nonsense because it's like, well, yeah, Mahomes struggled against the Bengals defense and Burrow played well against the Chiefs defense. But it's not like Burrow played the Bengals defense and Mahomes played the Bengals defense. It wasn't really that way. But whatever. Uh, they'll look at that. They'll look at Burrow beat Mahomes and Allen. The two guys I had ahead of him, wow, maybe I need to look at this guy a little bit more. And he still has a chance to boost his stats. His worst stats have come in divisional games, sadly, but he's got a lot of games to prove he could do this. And then all of that considered, the the box score stats, he can improve that. He's got some primetime games. He can beat the guys ahead of him. Those are the ways Joe Burrow is going to win MVP. And it's to me, a little bit of a late season award because these people cast their ballots, what, like week 18? So if Joe Burrow ends this ends the year, he's already playing better than he was last year, I think, by all these metrics. So if he ends the year the same way he ended last year, then I think he's got a really good shot. But all that said, I still think Matt Patrick Mahomes is the favorite for Good reason, to be honest. I, I know this is a Bengals yeah. podcast. I just think he's on pace for like five thousand, six thousand yards and fifty touchdowns. That's that's it's gonna be tough to uh, compete to that, even even if you do everything right. So you need him to take a small step back or something, or Burrow to throw six thousand yards himself. But that's tough. Yeah, nothing against Patrick Mahomes. We know this guy is good. Uh, every time the Bengals play him, I'm terrified of what's going to happen. These uh, two first half court, two first halves they've had to play them AFC Championship game, the game last year. I was like, go ahead, wrap it up. I don't want to see the end of this game. It's going to be absolutely brutal. And uh, 
you know, he's having himself a season. As you mentioned, one of his number one weapons is no longer there. They keep moving. They keep rolling on. You do have a guy in Travis Kelsey, so I don't want that to be overlooked when you think of some of the playmakers out there. And some of the guys are just really surprising when it comes to their offensive weapons. Um, it won't be easy facing this team. And I, I agree with you. Right now, it's Patrick Mahomes. I, I just, you know, I, I feel like Joe... Joe deserves a little, little more credit now, and, and we're going to get to more of the Jamar Chase being without him. Maybe that's what's going to help this offense in the future when Jamar Chase does return because you've had to play without your guy, your number one guy. Just to add to that, I think it looks like a much better offense. Even, even though that Falcons game was awesome, I think a lot of that was Jamar being awesome. I think this offense now looks like a really good unit and you're going to drop Jamar into that. I hope they keep doing similar stuff to what they're doing now. And you just add on a little bit of Jamar stuff because what they're doing now is just more sound and put together and creative and interesting. Talk about that Joe Mixon dig route with a Tyler Boyd choice route underneath. That's awesome stuff. So if they're going to add Jamar Chase just right into there and keep this offense rolling the same way, I think this is a better unit. This is what we talked about. It's they grew as a team because of the Jamar Chase injury, because they had to find a way to win without him. I think if anybody would have told you in those three games they could go two and one, they would have taken it in a heartbeat. Um, I know it's not guaranteed. We're going to get to more of the Jamar Chase outlook when we get to our next segment on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. This is It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati with Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata. We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. We are previewing and predicting a little bit earlier. I, I do want to bring this up as we're recording on a Tuesday. The Bengals have not hit the practice field. They will do it on Wednesday, and I feel like all eyes are on Wednesday afternoon when they do practice because Jamar Chase could be returning and I put an asterisk beside it because Zach Taylor who does not talk a lot about injuries and I can appreciate that he's a pretty honest coach in his post game middle of the week pressers he felt optimistic they're going to give it a go with Jamar Chase that could be on the rehab field or that could be very limited in practice I don't think they're going to be like Jamar Chase full go you better be ready let's go practice every single day uh full participant I don't see that happening I think you manage it correctly and we're really going to know if Jamar Chase is going to go by Thursday, Friday, early. Fridays are more of just kind of a walkthrough light practice. They do work in the bubble. Jamar Chase could be coming back to this offense that currently is rolling. They're getting in the 30s. And I don't know. I'm, I'm, feeling, I'm feeling pretty optimistic that this guy is going to be there when they go to Nashville. Uh, I'm at 50-50. I wouldn't be surprised either way. I think if he does play, it's probably a pitch count though, right? Like probably like oh, 100%. 30 snaps or something, 25 snaps. Be like, we're going to get you into this. We're going to get you back up to speed. But he hasn't been able to do – he hasn't been able to run. <laughs> he's been on crutches. So I don't know if he could play his normal 100% of snaps type stuff. I know he's an awesome athlete. He's very well conditioned. NFL game's a little different to try to play every snap. <laughs> so it could be more of a thing. It is disguised where Jamar Chase practices, it's very limited. Like you said, a snap count that he's really like Jamar Chase is returning, but it isn't a full 
four quarters for Jamar Chase with this offense. He is out there. He's a part of it. Jamar Chase's pain tolerance is obviously really great because I still don't know how he finished that Atlanta Falcons game with what he was dealing with. Uh, Jumping in the stands was insane to think about right now, but he did it. And getting the news from the doctor is the most important thing. And Ian Rappaport talked about that on Sunday that, you know, did get optimistic news which is always a good thing internally. Um, Obviously he's rehabbing inside the building. He's still there. Um, Being on crutches is, wasn't ideal, but it's something that they had asked for him to do because they wanted to keep weight off of him while he was moving around and, and, and just daily. It's a smart thing. I'm no doctor to tell you what you should be doing in that situation, but it sounds like that was doctor's orders, what he should be doing. And it just seems Good vibes right now at one Paul Brown Stadium in the return of Jamar Chase. This would be kind of the timeline they were thinking of. Um, you know, they didn't put him on the short-term IR. They had that bye week. If they did not have that bye week, feels like they would have probably just put him on the short-term IR. But you have that extra week. It was circled. Tennessee with, with maybe the return for Tennessee or more than likely the Kansas City game in December, which is a little scary to think about if you go back to that date, thinking you'd be without him for all those games. But they've managed to do the three. This offense is really getting going. You have different guys stepping up. Joe Burrow is playing like one of the best quarterbacks in the AFC. You get Samaje P. Ryan going. Joe Mixon to be determined. He is going through a concussion protocol, so that is something to keep an eye on. You're really going to want Joe Mixon back if he can go. Trenton Irwin out there in the wide receiver group. Tyler Boyd. You get T. Higgins. Still a loaded offense, but I still think this team is going to be smart with Jamar Chase. They're, they are thinking long-term because you think of not only long-term in Cincinnati, but you think of the rest of, of the schedule. You, you have a gauntlet. We've already talked about it. Some of these offenses that you're going to have to face – I'd rather have Jamar Chase for the long run than, all right, full go, let's go. We feel great about him returning versus the Titans. Yeah. Look, uh, this Titans seems good. I, I think that they get a little bit underrated because they don't win the way that Twitter wants them to win. They win a lot of the running game. They play underrated defense. They're really good situationally. Mike Rabel's a great coach. I don't think he gets the credit he deserves. This team always overperforms from where they should be. All that. To say it's just these are the teams you got to beat to to win the division to make the playoffs to win in the playoffs and they've shown they can do this so I have some faith in them being able to do this with or without Jamar I, I think they'll be able to move the ball on offense despite this being a very good defense because I think Pittsburgh's a good defense and they move the ball against them at will as we'll see what the Titans can do I think the Titans if I'm if I'm the Titans defensive coordinator. I'm probably coming out with a similar strategy to what I used in that AFC divisional game, right? Because you get nine sacks, all this creeper stuff, all these simulated pressures, these stunts, all these things. This is a different offensive line. I think they handle stunts better. I know, I, I know Cam Hayward and Alex Highsmith are able to run some stunts and do some work. Cam Hayward's holding and it's fine. I think Volson needs to do a better job getting that hand off of him, but I don't think they like to use. Jeffrey Simmons that way. I don't think they like to use him as a guy that holds and tries to open that up as much as they like. They actually like Danico Autry in that, and Autry might miss this game. And I think Autry's a heck of a player. He was a big reason they took nine sacks. He had a sack. He sets up these stunts extremely well as a penetrator and just a bowling ball to take away two of your offensive linemen. All this to say, it's just... 
this is a tough game, but it's a game if you are the Bengals, you want it's no longer have to win, but you want to win this one. You want to win this one and put more pressure on the Ravens ahead of you. You want to put pressure, you want to help build your own destiny. This is how you make your own destiny, how you make the playoffs no matter what. They're already in right now. I don't fully understand the tiebreaker rules, and nobody tweeted at me to explain the intricacies. <laughs> I think it might be that they've beaten the Jets and the Patriots beat the Jets, so the Jets just end up below them because head-to-head's the first tiebreaker, but I'm not 100% sure on that. And then they play the Patriots soon, so then they both beat the Jets, so the Jets go underneath, but then the Bengals are always underneath the Patriots if they're tied. I don't know. I hate math. <laughs> well, I'm just going to tell you right now, they control their own destiny. Yes. That's they are currently they're... the seventh seed, so they control their own destiny. They would go to Miami if the season ended today. But yeah. But it doesn't... I, 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 we got to do predictions. So do you want to yeah. go first? Do you want me yes. to go? Uh, I'll go ahead and go first. Um, when thinking of this matchup, I agree with you. I put it out there on social media today. I said, I feel like low key, this Titans team is very underrated. It's because it's not a Buffalo Bills, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Kansas City style offense. And even Joe Burrow and and what we have in Cincinnati, they were the number one seed last year. And I think a lot of people thought they were overrated as the number one seed. But hey, give them credit. I like this defense. This defense actually terrifies me a little more than what we saw against the Pittsburgh Steelers. It hasn't been easy for Joe Burrow and their offensive line with some of the tough defenses that they faced. And I have nightmares about what happened to Joe Burrow when he was on the ground nine times. When people talk about luck with this team in the playoff run, no quarterback is ever lucky to to be hit that many times and be on the ground. I never want to see that again. So with this game, what we say every week with them, they need to get three in a row. You need to get these AFC games because you get this game. I think you're three wins away from locking a playoff spot. I truly do. I think 10 does it uh, to be determined about the division. I'm just thinking, get in, get in. And this team can win on the road. They can do anything, but it's going to be a road to get there. This is an extremely important game. It's winnable. It should be a great environment. Bengals fans travel really well to Nashville. Uh, they were there for the divisional game last year. Joe Burrow is 2-0. and against the Titans, and um, I think he makes it 3-0. I, I don't think it's going to be great. It might be one of those annoying games. Most important thing right now, get on the board. Get on the board early and control this game. When when you get on the board, I, I just I feel very confident this offense can continue to roll. If Jamar Chase does play, I don't think he's going to be a huge factor offensively in this game. You have other weapons out there. I think you get it going. Be smart with his snaps while he's out there. And um, defensively, Derrick Henry still scares me when I think about their offense. I I know he was coming off an injury last year when he returned in the playoff game. But uh, I I like Cincinnati's defense. I like Lou. Um, if they're struggling early, I feel like they can make adjustments, but control this game. Don't let it be a Derrick Henry game uh, where they can just run the ball and get it going. So I'm going 28-21 Bengals. All right. So tough game, I think, going to the road, going to Nashville. It's not going to be easy. It's, no. It is – that's a tough environment. That's a great coach. It's a good defense. It's a good team. I think the Bengals win. I don't know. There's just a feeling the Bengals are getting hot. And whether or not Jamar Chase plays, I think this offense is going to move the ball well against that defense, despite them being a really good defense. 
I don't think Joe Burrow is going to take nine sacks. I think he's going to be perfectly on time again this week. I think it's going to be a point of emphasis that he's not going to be rushed, but he's not going to be slow. He's going to be perfectly on time, and they can hit him, but they're not getting sacks. That You might beat the offensive lineman, but you're not getting to me before I get this ball out to an open receiver and not just a running back. So I think that's going to be a big point of emphasis, and I think that that's what they did against the Steelers. It's why the offensive line looked good, and you thought they might have played well. Only two sacks given up. You didn't see him go down a whole bunch because he's perfectly on time. I think it's going to be a big point of emphasis. I worry a little bit about the run game because Pittsburgh got their run game going, and that is a concern because they are not normally able to do that. Uh, I think DJ Reader played uh, not up to his usual self. He, he looks injured still. And if that's the case, and Tennessee might have these running lanes. I think there could be a little bit of a false sense of confidence when it comes to facing Derrick Henry because he's coming off that Jones fracture and he wasn't fully healthy. I think Derrick Henry is a heck of a running back. This is a worse offensive line, though. So this is not the same offensive line. They don't have Roger Saffold. I don't believe Taylor Lewan's playing. I think he's hurt. He's hurt. Um, they've got a rookie right tackle. They've got a left guard that's not that great. They still got the same center and right guard. I think that's the only two guys still. So the offensive line's worse, and I think that shows. They don't have A.J. Brown. They, they've got Traylon Burks. They've got a few guys, but they don't have A.J. Brown. They don't have the offensive line to worry about as much. I just I worry. I don't know if this Titans offense is going to be able to do that much, but I also don't know if the Bengals defense is going to play as well as they did in that divisional game. I think the Bengals score 30. I got 31-23. I love it. I love it. You feel I feel like the vibe I'm getting from you is confidence. Yeah, I, I'm I'm confident about this game. I don't know if I should be. I feel like almost every time on this podcast, when especially when back. we are both confident it's it's like this is when the rug gets pulled out from underneath us it's 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 the browns game it's it's things no. like that right it's like when did like, i ever feel confident when did i ever feel confident again today I, I didn't feel confident in it uh, you picked a seven point win i did pick a seven point win but i told people and you can even read the replies on this i said low-key the titans don't get enough credit they, they don't. don't they are a good team and their coach is really good he I feel is, like the Giants have gotten more credit than them. And I'm like, I think the Titans winning is more sustainable. I think the Giants are fun, but the, the Titans winning is like, they're going to win that division pretty easily. And everybody tried to say they were going to lose to the Colts. It's like, no, they're going to lose to the Jaguars. No, they're still the best team over there. They had a very similar style start to their season. Cause I want to say they started 0-2 like Cincinnati. And then like you mentioned, they played a really terrible AFC, AFC South um, I'll think, I think they're going to take their division. They could pretty much take about like three or four games at this point. They're going to uh, be just fine. They and might have that up. wrapped up in a couple weeks. Yeah. Which <laughs> well, that's another factor. Um, I know they play Kansas city tight, but some of their wins, not great teams that they're facing at the end of the day. None of that matters. I watched this Panthers team versus the Baltimore Ravens. And I don't even know what that was. It was a bore and it was, one team who I feel like is a solid AFC team who's leading the AFC North, they couldn't do anything against a team that Cincinnati was able to put 40 points on. It's it's really any given Sunday, all the comparisons, whoever, anybody played on their schedule, it, it really doesn't matter. Um, I agree with you. I, I think it's, it's going to be a pretty tough environment. Um, you know, they've been there before. I don't know. It's just Joe Burrow facing someone for the third time uh, and, and the way Joe Burrow's playing right now. We talked a little bit about it in the in the prior segment. I felt like we were really going to learn a lot about Joe Burrow, not even just in the MVP conversation, what he was going to be like 
with without Jamar Chase. And again, you get criticism from the national people or other people with fan bases when you say, oh, because he has T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, Joe Mixon, other playmakers on this squad. But when your number one guy goes down, that does affect that does affect an offense. And I just kind of don't count the Monday Night Football game because I think that was a mess overall for all three phases. And that just seems like an absolute blur. And they just don't they don't match up well against the Cleveland Browns. But you, you move on to this game. They're firing on all, on all cylinders. And you know what? It would be really funny if it came down to, which was very divisional-like, came down to the kicker battle. Randy Bullock, Evan McPherson, game winner. Evan does it again. Evan money. Because Randy Bullock misses his field goal. Bengals get a shot to drive down the field. Win it. Even though I'm not picking a game winner on a field goal. But I just kind of like drama. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, touchdown. <laughs> they, they, drive, they drive down. It's tied. Seven They're ready to kick that field goal. Then they score a touchdown. <laughs> also, I'm very selfish because I'm going to the game and it's a noon kick. Um, I leave Nashville Monday morning and I want to enjoy my my rest of my afternoon in Nashville. And what better if your team is seven and four, sitting pretty high in the AFC, than getting a dub in Nashville? So, you know, that's right. I'm a little selfish. And I like talking, I like talking about winning football teams. So yeah, I, I feel good about it, but I'm not confident. I'm not confident. I wouldn't be surprised if they fell in this game. Um I wouldn't be surprised if the Bengals lost any game. I'll be honest with you. After they lost to the Steelers week one, I was like, okay, they could lose to anybody. Uh <laughs> now I'm just like, I'm confident they win, but I wouldn't be shocked at any result. Like they could get blown out and I go, oh, I guess that could happen. <laughs> but they could also blow out Tennessee and I go, yeah, their offense is heating up. Let me ask you this before I wrap up. The way this offense is going this season, is it a hot take if I say they can hit 50 this season in points? In a game? I'm trying to think who they play. Think of who they play. Okay. Oh, yeah, I think of defenses too. Never mind. That's I, what I, I meant, yeah. Okay. Titan. 50's hard. The Chiefs will push them probably to where they might – need to score 40 plus that'd be yeah. a fun one um i don't think they'll do it against the patriots the titans their defense is good. patriots yeah. defense is good uh the bills i think that's tough against because their defense is pretty good mm-hmm. uh the browns it's just like the browns are the team to do it against but they don't play the browns that well the browns get up for those games i don't know what the, I, I watch clips yeah. of the browns every other week because i follow some browns writers and it's like these guys have never played football in their lives and then the Bengals go to play them and they can't get three yards of carry it's like what is going on here like people are saying the browns have like one of the worst run defenses in the past decade and it's like well why didn't they why did they not show up against the Bengals? like well what happened here i, I don't know i i think they can get- i don't think they score 50 i think it's a hot take but it's fine i i do think it could happen i don't think it will though the reason I don't think it will is because some of these tough defenses. Um, I think I think Zach would pull his starters before they could get close to fifty. To be honest, if if it wasn't a shootout, obviously, so I don't think that they'll do it. But I could see forty again. Could be forty on Sunday. I don't know. I mean, it's a good defense, and maybe I could see forty. Forty. I think they. I would probably say they score forty in a game this year. Yeah. We'll get back there. Um, all right, enough with the hot takes. It's over. Bengals Titans, a huge AFC matchup. I am so pumped. It's one o'clock, no prime time action on the road. Would be a big win for Cincinnati if they win and they improve to seven and four and control, stay controlling that destiny, that seven seed right now to be determined on what this weekend looks like. I'm pumped. Have a great Thanksgiving, Bengals underscore Sands. And what's up on uh, what's up on all Bengals really quickly? 
going to be Jermaine Pratt article because he was awesome. We haven't talked that much about it, but yeah, he was amazing. Sorry, defense. We'll get back to you. <laughs> Promise. Promise. Make sure you go check it out, all Bengals. Again, follow them on Twitter, Bengals underscore Sands. You can follow me at LNDS Patterson. Thank you, as always, for listening. I hope everybody has a great Thanksgiving, too. It's always game day in Cincinnati.